0: This episode brought to you by Healthier You.
1: Are you living the healthiest version of you? Hi, this is registered dietitian and Run Disney race announcer, Carissa Galloway, and I'm excited to share some information about the course I created. It's called Healthier You. In my talking and working with runners, they're always asking about ways to improve their health, nutrition, and for weight loss. I took everything I've learned as a registered dietitian and made it into this easy-to-navigate 12-week course. You're getting meal plans, you're getting nutrition education, you're getting recipes, and you're getting live monthly Q&A sessions with me where you can ask your personalized questions. We've had over 200 Healthier You participants this year, and so many of them are sharing great stories of success with how simple it is to use the program and how it's made huge improvements in their energy and nutrition choices. I'd love for you to join Healthier You, and you can use the code JEFF, J-E-F-F to save $175. You can go to GallowayCourse.com or find the link in the show notes and follow me on
2: Instagram for more information at Carissa underscore G-Way. In my head in that moment, I was like building it up to this movie about my finish and how I didn't finish and like what a failure I am. And I was like imagining the headlines that were gonna be like, Brittany Charbonneau can't even finish Boston. All of these stupid... um headlines that I was narrating in my head at the time and at the end of the day I got more people that reached out and texted asking how I was if I was okay and never once did I ever hear anything negative from it because it was like well I started the race like it doesn't matter and like there were circumstances out of my control and if I had finished Boston I never would have had a reason to run Dopey. I never would have done what I did at Dopey. So I think just trusting, like even if you get swept by the balloon ladies and get sagged, you there's still gonna be something beautiful that comes from it. You just gotta give it some time. Like what will be your Dopey moment? Maybe it's like, that gives you that motivation of like, I'm gonna put a little bit more effort into training this next time. Or like, I'm gonna get back there.
3: You can do it. Welcome everyone to Jeff Galloway You Can Do It podcast and today we have some really exciting folks coming on and the very first one very special announcer and very special family member Carissa Galloway. Carissa,
1: hey Jeff, how are you? Good. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. You know, I haven't been around Disney races as long as you have, but I have been there long enough to see the creation of the dopey challenge, which when this first came out, I thought no one's going to sign up for this. What a, what a crazy concept. And for those of you who don't know, that means they're doing a 5K on Thursday, a 10K on Friday, a half marathon on Saturday, and a marathon on Sunday. And, you know, they're good, crazy people that do it because you've done it.
3: Well, I actually did it out of guilt, believe it or not. For many years I had coached people to do the Goofy, but I had never done it myself. And as I was giving some coaching at one of the clinics there, at one of the Run Disney events, it suddenly hit me, Dummy, you need to get out there and do it. And then they made the announcement about the Dopey. So I said, this is how I can really do that. So for five years in a row, I did the Dopey. I did all the events and uh then of course was at the expo. And you, Carissa, orchestrated a family intervention at the fifth at the end of the fifth one. And I'm I'm glad you did, but I'm also very glad that I did those five years of Dopey.
1: Yes, we retired you because uh, the Dopey Challenge is challenging enough 48.6 miles, but you did the Galloway Dopey Challenge where then, as all the athletes that run Disney know, you're there from open to close of the expo. So we wanted to make sure you could enjoy that. And the early mornings do get to you, but before we get to today's guest who really conquered the Dopey Challenge, for anybody listening that has already signed up for you know the 2023 challenge or thinks they wanna do it in the future, What are a few of those coaching tips that you would give to them?
3: The first one is to look at the training schedule that is on the Run Disney site because that will get you there. I have heard from thousands who said, I wasn't even training until I saw this dopey thing. I figured it would get me in shape. I went to the Run Disney site and I was scared to death so I did every single one of the workouts and I did it I can't believe that I did that neither could my friends or family members you know the whole thing and it's true because this schedule will take you through a very gradual increase in getting out there four days in a row it's all about continuing to move your feet for four days in a row while simulating gradually what you're going to have to do on the race weekend.
1: Well, that's a great tip. And I know that's right there on the Run Disney side. And we will sit down, Jeff, soon because we'll want to talk through some people, some more dopey training tips. So we'll sit down into that a little bit more after that. But my other question before we jump into the podcast is a question I get a lot, and I'm sure maybe you do too. Can I do dopey as my first marathon? Because people do it. They've never done a marathon. And they say, well, I'm just going to do all four. What is your thought when people say that to you?
3: Well, honestly, when I did my first coaching of clients for the Dopey, I said, you shouldn't do the Dopey as your first marathon. But after that first season, I realized that through the training, I was having them get up to 26 miles three or four weeks before the race. And so they actually had already done the marathon distance. The dopey gets people's attention about pacing also and one of the keys is to mostly walk the half on Saturday, which means that in training you also walk the half simulation uh, building up to it. But once you get up to that distance, three or four weeks, you are qualified to then get in the the dopey race as a marathoner and do it that way. So now I'm okay with you doing your first official marathon, having already done a marathon in training.
1: Well, that's great. I know people love this challenge, and we love our guests that we're going to have on today that you let me kind of take over the reins. So thank you for that. It was very fun, and I'm always happy to be a guest here with you, Jeff.
3: Well, I always love working with you, Carissa, and uh, we will just have to keep this... Street going.
1: Okay, without further ado, here is today's guest. Well, this is super exciting. I um, have been in the Run Disney World for a long time, but it's rare that I'm completely wowed by something that happens. And this athlete really wowed all of us with not only her talent as a runner, but her enthusiasm for Disney and for finding the joy in everything that you do. So please welcome professional runner for the North Face Olympic Trials Qualifier, your 2022 dopey champion. And as you're going to find out singer, cookie lover, and overall really fun person, please welcome the funny runner to the You Can Do It podcast, Brittany Charbonneau. Hi, Brittany. Hi. That was the most wonderful intro ever. Oh, well, good. Well, Weston wrote part of it, and then I just added peppered and some other things there. But (laughs) you do. You're such a fun person, and that's kind of why you are the funny runner. And we're going to get into your amazing feat that was your Dopey Challenge win in a minute. But- let's kind of go way back and start with that. What are the origins of the funny runner and how did that get started?
2: Yeah. So I, uh, I quit my corporate job about four and a half years ago because I wanted to pursue professional running while simultaneously pursuing, um, my comedic dreams. So I had just moved back to Denver, um, in like 2017 and had just come back from Chicago. I'd been studying comedy at second city out there and came back and, Um, when I decided to quit my job, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be a professional athlete. And then I'm also going to be a comedian at the exact same time. And I'm going to go for my Olympic dreams and my Saturday night live dreams, um, all at the exact same time. And I gave myself a six month window to do both. Um, and I was like, well, if anyone asks me what I do for a living, I can't say that. Like, that doesn't sound legit. I need something like quick and quirky and like memorable. So I invented the funny runner, um, and I was like, that's just what I'll call myself. That way I can say that it'll spark conversation when people ask. Um, and it's just, uh, that was kind of the birth of, um, this funny runner thing, um, which it's now evolved because I don't, I don't do, um, stage comedy anymore right now. Obviously running has taken, taken a much, uh, bigger role in my life. So, um, I just feel like I'm getting to be funny while being a runner now. Well, I think that
1: takes on, you know, sort of two angles. Funny, because I think you are very humorous, but also you have fun when you run, which is kind of what made Dopey a perfect synergy for you. But before we, we get into Dopey, why did you decide, you know, to leave that corporate career and want to make running your career?
2: It was just kind of that thing in my gut that I was like, I have to, I have to do this. It was, I just remember being at work and, knowing in my like depths of my soul, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I am supposed to be doing something else that really just lights me up and that just sparks that fire in me. And I, I never, when I left, then I never would have imagined it evolving into what it has become today. But I think that that was the fun part of it was I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go for, it. I'm going to risk it. And that's why I gave myself this, way unrealistic six month window, but that was kind of my safety net at the time was like, I'll just give myself six months to try and, um, make some traction and get some goals and then, um, see what happens. And now here we are, you know, four and a half years later. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's still so much left to do and, um, stuff like that. But it was just kind of that gut feeling initially of just like, this is not, where I'm supposed to be right now. I could just feel it and sense it back then. Do
1: you see running as, you know, this is the Jeff Galloway, you can do a podcast. Jeff Galloway obviously transitioned from an Olympic runner, an elite runner to someone who still essentially works as a professional runner. Do you see yourself being able to live and be an entrepreneur and a funny runner for the next 50
2: years? Oh, I sure hope so. Um, I love that. I guess I hadn't thought about like Jeff's definitely still a professional runner, right? Like I think that there's beauty and letting it evolve into something that maybe you don't normally think about, but I love that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think I'm excited to see just over however many years and whenever I'm done elite racing, what this could, what this will be the stepping stone towards, like what it will be from there. I know running is just such a massive part of my life and so important to me. Um, as part of who I am, that I know that that'll be in my life, you know, for some capacity throughout, but, um, it'll be fun to just kind of see what it could turn into because I have no idea, but I, yeah, hundred percent.
1: And I think that's awesome. Just for anybody listening to that, like, whatever it is you desire in life, like you can take that leap. You can, you know, envision dreams for yourself. Very Disney like to live a life that fulfills you. And you get to wake up every day being like, wow, is this really what I get to do? Yeah, Totally. Totally. All right, so let's dive into that elite runner a little bit because I think if we kind of build a story of, of the past year and a half before we get to Dopey, it kind of leads to why you were there. So you were running really well. You qualified for the Olympic trials, uh, which was in Atlanta in 2020, right before the whole world changed. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience
2: and, and what the trials meant to you? Trials was so amazing. That was probably my most memorable road race to date um in terms of like the the elite um elite racing i i feel like dopey is a different type of road running um but yeah trials was trials was when i've made this commitment to myself that i was like if i have one opportunity of my whole life to get to run the olympic trials i'm going to just soak it up have a blast and run it my way and do it wearing what I want to wear too. So, um, that's kind of like looking back, it's almost where things sparked and started in terms of running in different costumes or something like that. So there's lots of rules around what you're allowed to wear in the Olympic trials in terms of, or any of these major marathons in terms of branding. And so I had, um, Nike all over all of my gear and I couldn't have that big of logos, but I really wanted to wear these pink um, like racing buns, And so I covered all the logos with, I glued on, um, fabric polka dots and pearls and pumpkins. Cause I thought that was funny, um, <laughs> into that. So like, it was like putting on a costume and this goes for dopey too. It's like putting on a costume, you get to become that energy that you're hoping to put out for your race. And so trials was my best performance I'd ever had. Um, it was my fastest time I'd ever run. Um, but most importantly, it was just the most fun I ever had. I had like 60 or 70 people that came to watch in Atlanta right before the world shut down, which obviously we didn't know that that was coming, but I was like, I want them to see me doing what I love. And like when I'm loving it, they get to witness that. And I don't want them to see me have a bad day. Cause the trials were three laps. So I was like, I don't want them to watch me just fall apart lap after lap. Like I want them to just see the joy increasing. So I was just really intentional about that race. And, um, I feel like it came together and it just showed me I could, I can do big things when I'm just out there having fun and I can run fast, but while I'm still having fun.
3: And
0: that's pretty amazing. I mean, I think you are maybe the only person in that race that said that could say one, you ran better than you've ever run before (laughs) because it was a terrible day. Probably (laughs) really hard. I mean, it was a hard course, um, but just that aspect of having fun during it, I mean, possibly that is what set you apart uh, from other people out there, because there is a lot of pressure and a lot of you know trying times in, in trying to compete at that level and compete for an Olympic berth. Um, yeah. but that is, that's pretty amazing.
1: I just want to know, I mean, we know that you're the first able-bodied athlete to win dopey, but are you the first per- elite athlete to ever run in, in some type of costume in pearls and pumpkins? I really think that that <laughs> is an amazing accomplishment because elite runners are serious folk yeah, I know. <laughs> and you brought this amazing fun to what is possibly one of the most pressure filled races that exist without any prize money.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Um, I, I don't know if I am, I, I also like I've run in jorts before. So like jean shorts, like, I don't know. I, um, I'm sure there's others. I know Molly Seidel ran the Turkey trot last year, dressed as a full Turkey, which was hilarious. Um, so I know that I think there's more that are kind of starting to put, put this fun spin on it, but I think it's a, it is a little bit scary, honestly, going out and committing to a costume whether that's like a full costume or like what I did for trials of showing up I was the only runner with pumpkins glued to my um outfit it wasn't in the Um, fall by the way listeners this was not
1: like she had these around her house it was not in the fall but maybe you were like nodding to a little Cinderella with the pumpkin and your carriage and you were gonna make a debut oh
2: my gosh I didn't think about that I didn't think about that. It was actually a nod to, um, I had different themes throughout my training. And, um, one of my themes was this artist named Yayoi Kusama and she's known for her polka dots and she has these really amazing, um, gigantic pumpkins that she's done. And then the pearls were a nod to Julia child. Um, cause I just had like a killer training cycle leading up to it. Just I had a blast. So, um, but I think you're right. I bet there was like this universal setting me up for knowing I'd be showing up at Disney. So it was also Cinderella's pumpkin.
1: (laughs) It was. And you, you made that dream come true. When you finished trials, you had definitely like arrived, you made a major splash and you were training for the Boston marathon and something happened there that kind of set us up for dopey. So talk to people about what happened there and how that led to your decision to do dopey.
2: Yeah. So actually right after trials, everything shut down. Um, obviously like all the road races shut down. Cause after trials, I was like on a high and like, all right, I'm killing it on the road scene. This is what I want to do. Like next, I'm going to run another world major this fall or something like that. And, um, all of it shut down. They didn't, they weren't happening. And so, um, in 2020 I hit the trails hard. Cause I'm from Colorado and the trails are right in my backyard. So I was on the trails, for the rest of 2020, luckily some trail races and records and stuff were available that year. So I was doing that. And then coming into 2021, I was on the trails still throughout the whole entire summer. And then I wanted to get back on the road. Um, and Boston was in the fall, um, obviously cause it got delayed with COVID. So I was training for Boston this past fall. And I was really wanting to just prove for whatever reason, I was like, I have to show everyone that I'm still fast on the roads, even though I've been running trails, like in my head, I was like, people are going to be expecting me to run as fast as I did in uh, the trials. So I need to show up and be, be fast on the roads again, because that is validating. It feels like the times on roads are what make you worthwhile in my head, especially as an elite runner. And so, um, I was training really well for Boston. Um, but then 10 days before the race, um, I was doing my speed workout in a park that I always do my speed work. And I got T-boned by this off-leash Husky that just, I was running full speed. The dog was running full speed and we just collided. Um, and so I went down, got a concussion, messed up my back. Um, and it was, but I was ow! I was definitely injured. And then I was like, I don't care. I'm going to make this happen because it's Boston. I'm going to make this come. I'm going to run this thing. Um, so got to Boston, wasn't feeling great. And then I added that pressure of like, I have to run fast and hard because I have to show that I'm still a good runner. Um, so all of that piled on top of everything. I only made it to mile 18 of Boston before I pulled out. Um, so After that, I used that experience to just kind of reflect on I still have all this fitness. Like I was in such great shape. Um, but like, what do I want to do? Like, how can I bring back that trials energy if I'm gonna be on the road again? How can I make this fun? Um, where would I where would I actually like to race? Like, if there was no expectations, where do I actually want to be? And it was Disney for me because I'd run a lot of races in 2018 there. And so that's kind of where this the whole dopey idea came from was because things didn't go well at Boston. Now, Boston, did you have a costume
1: when you were running Boston? Or maybe that was, that was the problem. You weren't in a costume. It, it was the problem. I had
2: a really clear. <laughs> it wasn't a, the dog or the concussion no. or
1: the back injury. It was lack of. Problem. No,
2: it was. Yeah. I didn't have any, co- I like looking back and like, duh, I had, um, a killer bubble pony. So I was feeling good in the hair department. My shoes had sharks painted on them. So I was dabbling, but it wasn't. Um, it wasn't full throttle like it should have been. And now I know.
0: If, you, did, had, if you had like a, a shark, like head wear, oh, then like it would have tied everything left together. shark from
1: ye old Super Bowl with Katy Perry, or like baby oh. shark possibly. Oh, combination Maybe. baby left shark.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be we're so here to help in the costume department. Oh my gosh.
1: Um. <laughs> Yes. No, but so you said, I'm going to find the joy, um, but you are a professional runner. So you're going from Boston to Dopey, which are two amazing experiences, two amazing challenges, but a little bit different in how they're viewed, I guess, by the professional running world. So how did you
2: get your team on board with this? Um, they are. Yeah. That's it. And I like what you said that they're different experiences. Cause I think at the end of the day, something I've learned from all my racing and everything is that each, each time is an experience. I think that's what I took away from trials was that it was whole experience. It was the race, but it was everything leading into it. It was the whole weekend, the whole thing. And so, um, with dopey, I wanted to, I, I originally was like, maybe I'll just run the marathon, but then I was like, well, I kind of want a different challenge that has to take, the time factor away because I was like, if I'm doing the marathon, I'm just going to have the pressure that I'm going to have to go run a PR or things like that. When that's not actually what I want to do right now, I want to just do something, a hard challenge that I've never done before. I want a new experience. So that's where that came on board. And I was nervous to pitch it to my coach because I was like, well, is this like, this is so not something an elite does like, uh, should I do this? And is are we okay with me racing four days in a row? Um, and she was, I, I was nervous. I shouldn't have been nervous. I've been working with her for four years. I know how she is. She was hundred percent on board, but she said, I support you as long as you up your costume game. Um, so that was like her only, her only rule was that I had to like increase my awesome costumes. She's
1: amazing. Can we give a shout out to your coach? Who is your coach? And how can we all find her and and flock to her with our love and admiration for her search for joy?
2: She's amazing. Um, Her name is Jenny Netic, which is fun because um, Netic is kitten spelled backwards. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) her brand is called Mercuria Running um, here in Denver. And um, she's got it. So she went to Carnegie Mellon for art. So she has this... um, art background and she was an art teacher for like 10 years. Um, so I think that that's what makes her so unique is that she brings this um, permission for creativity to training where I think a lot of other coaches, it's all about the running. It's all about the performance. It's all about the results where she's got that artistic flair where it's like, no, it's about the process. And then the, the art comes at the end, the picture evolves at the end, but you don't know what it's going to be like in the beginning. So it's just about being in that realm. So I've been so, so lucky to get to have her as my coach and now coaching under her brand as well. Um, just because I feel like it is so freeing and it's just fun to fun to be coached by another female too. Right. Yes. Down with the patriarchy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. This is Jeff's uh, this this Jeff Jeff Jeff. podcast. I really podcast. love. I,
1: I'm just kidding. Um, but we do love supporting women. We love supporting everybody yeah. that's following their passion. So let's get to Dopey. For those who don't know, uh, Dopey is a challenge at the Walt Disney World Resort that happens in January. Um, it's a 5K on Thursday, a 10K on Friday, a half marathon on Saturday, and the full marathon on Sunday. Some people have said we should do it backwards uh, to make it a little bit easier, but that's not the way it happens. So Britney, you are aiming to be the first person to win all four dopies, but did you show up in Orlando in January with that as an internal goal or as an outward goal where people knew this was what was happening?
2: Neither, actually. Um, so I never I didn't show up in any way um planning to or expecting to win all of them. Of course, I knew it was a possibility just because you know, I, this is what I do for a living. You know, I had the capability, but that was the whole point is like, I don't want to show up with this pressure. I don't want to show up feeling like I have to do this because I've done things like that before. And it, it just messes with me so much mentally. And I hate the whole time. And so my number one goal is like, no, I want to go have an amazing experience, have a fun time, work hard, Um, and just like let things unfold. Um, but certainly that was challenging to still keep in perspective and, um, to really focus on that throughout the whole weekend as the hype around it started to build. And as I started to win each of the races, that definitely was something that got more and more challenging to remember to not put that pressure on. Well, the pressure was definitely on. And before we dive into the
1: costumes, I want to talk about something that you mentioned when we were hanging out after the race was that you were really nervous for the 5k. And I think for people who aren't an elite runner like me, I assume if you're a good marathoner, you know, oh, she ran Olympic trials. Of course she's great at the 5k and you are, but for you, you said you were the most nervous for that race.
2: Oh yeah. I slept an hour the night before the 5k. I was so nervous um, <laughs> like, which is hilarious. Cause I kept telling myself it's just three miles like you, but I think I was like, yeah, but I don't know how fast I have to run these three miles. And it was the kickoff of the weekend. Um, and five K's are just, they're just out of my normal wheelhouse. Like I feel very comfortable in the marathon distance. I enjoy the marathon distance, um, because I get to settle in and the five K mm. there's no time to really settle in. It's like, Done and over with. Um, but yeah, I was I was so nervous for the 5K. But but you did it. And let's start with the 5K. Let's start with your costumes.
1: Walk us through your inspiration, your costumes, and everything that went into that, starting with the 5K.
2: Yeah, the costumes were so fun. Um I so after my coach and I decided that, yep, dopey, we're gonna do that. I'd gotten in touch with Run Disney and they were like, yep, you can run them. Um I wanted to make sure I had an intention behind my costumes. Like, um, I wanted to pick characters that meant something to me. Um, I felt like the characters I picked were kind of setting the tone for my year ahead. Um, and so I wanted to pick ones that resonated with me at first, I was like, I'm going to pick ones that people love and that they're going to think is really cool or that have never been done before. And then that again, fed into that pressure of doing what other people want versus like what I'm going to do. So, um, I picked Elsa, um, specifically from frozen two
3: yes, because, uh, beautiful.
2: gosh, when she is, she's wrestling with that water horse, And then she like manages to tame the water horse and her hair comes down and her shoes are off, even though it's snowing. And she's like running with the water horse and she's singing, show yourself it was just like this moment, she's letting this old self go and she's just allowing herself to step into this new self. And I felt like that was such a, such a moment for me of like, step into who you really are, step into who you want to be and like, like what's true and authentic to you. Um, so that was why I picked Elsa. Um, and the other reason I had to put Elsa first was because it was in 2018, I dressed as Ariel and I wore, um, fish, uh, like, um, leggings that had scales that looked like they had scales on them and they were dreadfully hot. So I was like, if I'm going to do pants for any of these costumes, I got to knock it out quickly. And with the least amount of miles, cause I don't know how hot it's going to be <laughs> in Orlando. So there's also a strategic component to that.
1: I I loved the Elsa vibe. I loved it. And unfortunately I was not at the finish of the 5k. I don't even know if I saw you finish any of these races. (laughs) Um, I've caught up on it afterwards, but it's just kind of funny even being involved in the weekend. um, I didn't get to admire all of your costumes, but I did remember loving the pants on the 5k. So you channeled your inner Elsa and for anybody listening that has not seen Brittany's journey on Instagram, go back and scroll a little bit because you showed very openly to everybody sort of your goals for each race. You kind of break the races down into goals, right?
2: Yeah. yep. I have, um, just kind of goals. I usually set goals in terms of how I want to feel at the end, um, versus what times I want to run. Um, and that usually like that takes a little bit more trust, um, in the process because, like I know if I just follow my mental race plan that the results will usually come. Um, so yeah, I broke down each race every day and they were, my race plans are my kind of mental map for the race and they were all themed for each character. Um, and it just gives me something to attach to during the race. It helps me, to mentally have something to hang on to, just a mantra or something that matches my cadence and something like that. So instead of my mind wandering or getting down negative spirals, um, I've got something to come back to that is also feeding my goals.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about how you the goal of how you want to feel after a race? Because I think if I had a goal of how I wanted to feel after a race, it would be that like I didn't run a race. Like <laughs> I would what just yeah. want to feel. Amazing. So what, like dive into that a little bit more.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it's usually I want to feel, and for these races, I was like, I want to, um, be relaxed in the beginning. Every single time I go out like a maniac, I end up hating the whole race because I've just used way too much energy, um, early on when I know I'm a really strong finisher. Um, and it gives me time to settle in. It helps me mentally not freak out. So that's always a goal is like, Um, did I follow my race plan, which includes like a, a nice eased in start. And then am I like, did I, another goal I usually set is, did you get in the flow? And maybe that's kind of the runner's high. Like I want to have that flow experience. I want to have the runner's high, whatever that is, just where you feel like you're working hard, but you're not, you're not redlining. You're not foot, you know, pedal to the metal. You're just in that really nice zone of running. Like I, that's my, I love running moment. So I always want to like have that. And then I know that every race is going to have that point where you're going to have to make the decision. Am I going to back off? Am I going to feed into the negativity or am I going to just keep pushing? Am I just going to run to that next, um, street sign? Am I just going to get to that next water station? Whatever it is. Um, so I set the goal of, I want to choose the, choose the hard and choose a positive. And I usually attach a mantra that's really silly for that section because usually when I'm getting to that point where I'm going so hard that if I have that silly mantra handy, then it reminds me, oh, right, I'm just running. Like this is not that big of a deal. Just back off the pace a little bit, smile, um, have a strong finish. And so, like, usually the feeling that I want to have at the ends of these races is I want to feel like I gave a really hard effort. I ran smart, but now it's really started to just become, did I have a good time? Because I've been having, I've had so many races where I'm just like, I don't enjoy this. This sucks. I'm not, I'm not having fun. And it's like, well, why am I choosing to do that then? Like, why am I putting myself in those situations or what can I do to control the enjoyment that I'm having? Because like at the end of the day, I'm choosing to do this, even though it's my job, like I'm choosing to do this. I love this but I don't love it when I feel like I've got different reasons behind it. Like I have to hit certain times or course records or um, expectations that others might have. Um, And that, that kind of mental map ahead of time helps set me up for my own personal success and enjoyment.
0: And I think that's, I mean, it's an amazing mindset to have. And, you know, you can take things as an elite from that, but it really makes sense for the vast majority of runners to have a little bit more, um, light outlook on races and different things that, you know, do it for the enjoyment, take different mantras throughout your training, um, so that you enjoy the whole process. I think, I mean, especially as an elite, it's a unique point of view to have, because I feel like, you know, it is all about times and, and, you know, pushing yourself to the nth degree, um, and maybe not enjoying it as much, but hopefully that will that will set you up for some great success.
2: Thanks. I think too, that um, part of that is what Dopey showed me was that I could um, have a memorable and meaningful experience with my professional career that wasn't time associated. And I think there's sometimes that I'm not really enjoying going for PRs. Like if I'm really trying for that, Most of the time I'm not really enjoying it because it just feels like so much pressure. So I've been finding other ways to show myself that I can still have a meaningful, um, I guess, experience with whatever I'm doing with racing that doesn't necessarily have to be time related, um, or like, what can I layer on there? So it's not just about the time as well. And I think that that's something that, you know, lends itself with the trail scene is that times kind of go out the window because there's so many different factors involved. And I think I like that, um, sometimes a little bit more.
1: I mean, you could say the same thing for a lot of Disney runners time kind of goes out the window because it not like a trail race, but there's a a distraction of, I've got to stand in line to take a picture with Goofy. I've got to get my jump shot in front of the castle. So, you know, I think Disney runners can take that trail mindset of this is not just a straight road race. There's a lot of diversions that I want and I'm just here to have fun. Now you didn't get to stop for those diversions. You could have, Um, you might've been okay in some of the races, um, but what in terms before you get to 10k of entertainment on the course for Disney was most memorable to you?
2: Oh my gosh. Uh n- on the 5k day, Joy from Inside Out was on the course and I was her for the half marathon. I didn't expect to see her and I lost my mind when I saw her. Like it was like audible joy, joy and like waving and like it was so early that I don't think that character is expecting such a exuberant, uh, applause <laughs> right away. So I loved that. I loved, I mean, the castle is just next level memorable every single time you see it. Um, especially when it's all lit up. And then something I love is, you know, all of the mile markers, they have different songs playing. So every single mile you're getting a different Disney song. And then, um, I forgot that they do, this was definitely, this is during the marathon. They had Cinderella playing. Um, like, like on a screen, they had the movie playing, which was, that was, I was like, this is Disney. This is why you come do these races is because you get like the full experience. What other race are you going to get to watch some of your favorite movies while running?
0: You ran much faster than me in the marathon. I don't remember Cinderella playing. So you obviously <laughs> were a much more joyful mindset than I was in at that point. (laughs) Well,
1: I actually, when you said that I have, I don't know if I'm going to manifest this for your future, but Brittany, you should put on an elite event that has fun on the course, (gasps) like give elites. Like it's, you know, it's a prize money race, but it's fun. They have to have a little costume on and they get to see movies and see how that would change the elite running
2: experience. I love that. Like what if a requirement was like, you have to have like X amount of things as part of a costume, and even if that's like fabric on, yeah, you've got to. Have yeah, you have to submit Blair. an essay about you know your motive, like your fun. You know, you've got
1: to add that in, and that's yeah. that's, that's judged. And the best essay. No, I'm just kidding. this is going like a <laughs> I mean, little far, but like I can totally see you like putting on a race that is is fun inspired, and that allows all athletes to kind I of take that, that. on.
2: I love that. And okay, a so like, 5K. Hold on really I, fast I, as part of our manifesting. If you're going to send in your um, essay, you will audio get guaranteed entry if you sing your essay.
3: Mm.
1: Sing <laughs> it well or just do it? No,
2: no, no. Just sing it. It doesn't matter. All right. I'm ready. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm
1: gonna to get free entry for this. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm totally in this. Yeah, um, okay, so you finish the, the 5K. Um, mm-hmm. Check that off you're going into the 10 K walk us through sort of a, what did you do after the 5 K? Did you fall into the trap of I'm at Disney? I'm going to go walk around so much and have so much fun. Or did you lay low?
2: Um, we went to the, we went to all the resorts that day. So we got like tours, we had breakfast with some of the run Disney crew and then, um, on the boardwalk. And then, um, we went around to all of the different resorts and just like checked out all the different resorts, um, had a dull lip, which was amazing. Um, you liked it? So I loved it. I didn't get the one with the rum, which I was really bummed. That was like that was probably smart for yeah. that, weekend. Yeah, um, for that weekend for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I didn't really, I think after the 10 K was the only day that I kind of really laid low. Um, we did the parks obviously, um, the day after the marathon, but, um, kind of try to like, I try not to put. I try not to overthink too much rest in the sense of like, I also want to experience the places I get to travel when I'm racing. So like, I wanted to like help still have the experiences around, around the races. And so it's not just putting so much pressure on the races themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good
1: balance and it's, it's hard to achieve at Disney because you just want to be, you know, a kid running around and oh. doing everything, but especially everyone, all the athletes that are doing dopey, you got some serious business to attend to. So you've checked off the 5K, you have shown yourself a worthy contender, and now it's time. We're going to double down. It's time for the 10K. Who is Brittany Charbonneau
2: on 10K day? The 10K day I was bing bong from inside out, which again, goes back to the, I, I went back and forth on this for a while, I love bing bong. And I was like, but is that a memorable enough character? Like it's also Pixar. Like, is that legit? (laughs) Um, went through all these things. And that was a moment of like, no, it doesn't matter. Just do what you want to do. And so, uh, yeah, I think that was actually, uh, well, one of my favorite costumes of the whole weekend was bing bong.
1: Okay. And I feel like as an announcer for run Disney, when I see those more obscure costumes, I have like this, like 30 seconds of like, Oh God, who is that? Who is that? And then like you're past the finish. And I'm like, no, there you are. You're being Bong. So <laughs> I think it's amazing that you honored yourself, that you went with
2: that. Uh, tell us about the 10 K race. The 10 K was fun. Um, again, it went by so quickly that I'm like, Gosh, like that's the other reason. And I was still nervous for the 10K. I wasn't as nervous for the 10K, but a little bit nervous. Um, because it is fast and quick and over before you know it. Um, but it was fun. I don't think I took the lead for the 10K until about mile six or so. Um no, are that you was, serious? I don't no, think that, I doesn't, this. that doesn't make sense because the 10K is six miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so dumb. Um, I think it was like two or three is where I'm, what I meant to say. Okay, I was like, wow, you really have <laughs> had some faith yeah. in your finishing Sprint kit. Finish. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, not true at all. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. And like, um, all of the races. So, uh, I really wanted to talking about how um, what goals to set for how you want to feel at the end. I wanted to remember a lot more of these races because I felt like in 2018, I didn't, I didn't remember a lot of them. And so for each of these, I was like, I really want to walk away remembering a lot of them and that helps me stay present. So I, one of my goals was to wave at every character since I obviously couldn't or didn't want to stop and take photos with the characters. I did want to at least wave to all of them. So I just remember waving to a bunch of characters on the 10K course.
1: Did people, you know, you talked about bing bong. Did people
2: recognize you as bing bong that day? Like, they yeah. everyone oh
1: you're bing bong? Yeah,
2: it was so cool. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and so many people knew. So that was like a boost of energy every time someone yelled bing bong. When you're at a Disney
1: race or any race and you're in the lead, what is it like, you know, when you come through a water stop? There's tons of volunteers there because they're expecting the thousands of people are coming, but you're coming through sort of by yourself, first female. What is that like? going through like the water stations and stuff, water stop and spectators, because I'm never going to be at the front of a race. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) Um, some of our listeners might be Jeff knows what that's like, but what is that like for you when you're out there on the course? You're the first female, what is it like at a Disney race?
2: It's really cool because they all, they all cheer. And this has happened at probably every race. Um, they cheer for you as a female, um, because like I think like, it's really cool. Cause they're like first lady, first women, like, and you just get a cheer about like women, like, yeah, l- women, you're meeting all the men things like that. So it's almost like this boost of energy, um, that you feel like you're doing something special for like all the women out there, um, that we are fast and we can do big things. And, um, so that's always really fun. Um, you get like, just, you get your own, like it's, you get your own like personal cheering. It's really special. And then I think like with Disney, everyone's out there. so early and they're just out there cause they love it too. Um, so I think that there's just like a fun energy that and you feel like you're laying down good energy for everyone behind you in be, like feeding off of all of the spectators and the volunteers and stuff like that. That's awesome. I just
1: can imagine like it's such a cool feeling to just go out there and have everybody cheering for you and screaming for you. So you finished the 10K, Bing Bong has done their job. And now we're getting into the races where you could say we're going to have a more competitive field in a way for the half and the full. So talk to us about your inspiration for the half and your half marathon.
2: So the half, I was joy from inside out. Um, and her costume was really fun. Cause it was just her dress and blue wig, which I had to do tests. I had to test it on a run at home before I, um, went to Disney. Cause I was like, ah, I've never actually run, you know, like a significant distance in a wig. Like I got to see how this sucker is going to stay on. And it was wonderful. Stayed on perfectly the whole time. Um, but I and, just want to go back to this because
1: yeah. that is a long way in a wig. So question <laughs> one is, was it the same wig you wore in your training run that you raced in? Yep, it was. Okay. How did you do your hair
2: under the wig? Just like a just like a messy bun. Like okay. A, all like right. A, like I was gonna think braids, bun. maybe.
1: Was there a wig cap? Were there body no, pins? How did it no, stay on?
2: Neither. It was just it happened to be have enough elastic in it um, that it stayed on. I was honestly, I was shocked. It, I was worried about it staying on and then I was worried about it getting hot. Yeah. Um again because it's Orlando. Um, so but it all was like worked out swimmingly. Weston, do you have any more questions about the wig?
0: I don't think I do.
1: Okay. I'm very fascinated. Did you, all right. Last wig question. Did it bother you
2: at any point during the race? No, Um, it started to, I feel like towards the end-ish, it started to kind of go towards, go back a little. So I felt like I had to pull it forward and down, like more on my forehead a little bit, but not like I was, I was honestly, I was so committed to the costume that I was like, if I have to keep pulling this down the entire race, I'm going to do it. It's fine because I just desperately want to be joy and wear the wig. Um, but it actually stayed on so well.
1: I lied. One more wig question. Was it an actual joy wig or was it just a wig that looked like joy?
2: Um, well, I got it on Amazon and it said like when I searched it, I searched joy inside out wig and that one came up and I think it was specifically for hers. They just couldn't like market it that way because it had the exact, um, like Calic in the back that joy has. So I say yes. It looks fantastic.
0: I actually do have a wig question and
2: it's really more
0: <laughs> of a costume question in general. So was the joy wig, a adult wig or a children's wig?
2: Ooh, this is a good question because I had many elements of my costumes that were specifically for children. Um, but the joy wig was an adult wig.
0: And that was kind of my follow up, that it's a tiny bit unfair that you have the ability to dive into the children's collection on some <laughs> of these costumes, because a lot of, you know, Disney runners and whatnot don't have that ability. You don't have that ability. I don't have that no. ability. I'm a little bit uh, feeling bad about that. But, yeah, it's just it's part just of her little... destiny. It was destiny to be able to. I did want to ask.
2: Exactly. Right, so uh, Joy uh, takes
1: off. Oh, sorry. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I'm no, excited no. by the. I'm ready to. I was. Sorry, I'm excited about the race because something happens in this race. That's what exciting. happened?
0: What I happened? won it. You tell me.
1: I should win. <laughs> <laughs> no. So this is the race where you kind of were like, people might enter the field, and you don't know at a Disney race who's going to show up. I, you can look through bib numbers all you want, but it doesn't really necessarily help. There's not an elite list, so when you showed up at the start line of the half, how were you feeling? about the competition
2: and about running on tired legs. Um, I felt good. I, I felt like if there was going to be one day that I was going to have a lot of competition, it was going to be the marathon. So I felt like the half, I was like, I'm now I'm kind of more in my comfort zone. Like I feel like I'm not super tired yet. I was a little bit sore from the 10 K, but not really. Um, so I was like, I still feel pretty fresh. Um, I know if I needed to, I could throw down, you know, a fast time or I could, um, like probably do more, but in saying that now, this is the actual truth. Um, this race was the one I didn't take the lead until like mile five or six. Um, so there was, um, there were definitely other women that went out faster than I did. Um, but that was, again, I had to keep coming back to like, this is not why you're here. You're going to do your race plan, which your race plan doesn't mean, you have to take the lead just because someone else goes in front of you. Um, you have to trust your plan. So, um, yeah, this was the first race, though, that there were um, there was some competition.
0: And in that plan, is it a feeling? Is it a time mile per mile or what? What, what just a plan? Feeling. You, yeah.
2: Yeah. Just a feeling
1: like at the Olympic trials, you covered up your watch. I think you didn't look at mm-hmm. time. Did you look at splits for the Disney races
2: for the, um, marathon I did because I wanted to make sure actually for the half and the full, now that I'm remembering, um, the half and the full, I did occasionally, um, of times that I wasn't allowed to go faster than, um, just so that I could make sure. So for the half, um, my coach and I talked about if I have the lead, um, and I have enough cushion, um, not not doing what I normally would do, which is, um, significantly negative splitting because there's no point, like save some of that energy for the next day, knowing I had another race coming. So that was the only strategy pace wise was, um, I had specific targets that it was like, don't go faster than this. Um, but the, it's more of like a feeling and that's where those race plans come into play. So it was, um, actually what was really cool with my joy race plan. So for the other ones, I had them broken into three or four chunks, um, and different like words or mantras for each chunk, but joy, I actually had a, every mile was dedicated to someone or a group of people. Um, so that way I was like, I was, um, intentionally putting joy for that person or this group of athletes that I have or things like that on there. Um, so that like, and that was kind of my way I was keeping, keeping my mental coolness. I love that. All right. So you said you didn't take
1: the lead until five or six, um, how did that exchange sort of happen? And then were you able to slow off that pace at the end of the race?
2: Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. Past, um, the woman who was leading, I think I gave her a thumbs up as I passed. Like, I usually try to say like, great job or something like that. Um, just sort of like a, like, I'm not just trying to hunt you down. Um, so, and then after that, um, I think I stayed on the gas for, um another 3 miles maybe and then my lead cyclist was saying um like there's nobody really in sight like you can back off a little bit so that was kind of nice to just be um just cruising and just kind of um still still running like a good push but nothing like I probably would if I were just racing a 10 or a half marathon
1: and so how would you rate your lead cyclist on their ability to uh, keep you actually
2: on the course oh my gosh honestly, I've had the best experiences with the Disney cyclists. They're so awesome. Um, and they've always kept me on course. Um, and so what happens is when you are in first or second place, um, you have a specific cyclist. So if you are in second and then you, um, get the lead, then they switch. So the first, the second place cyclist is always with the second place runner, no matter if you start in second place and then, um, switch. So like I got really attached to my cyclists in the half marathon and marathon. <laughs> so I was like really bummed to switch my cyclists out, um, <laughs> the marathon, but, and then you're like, you're trading up, like you're, you're getting good for, you're getting great for great. So it's, um, it's good, but yeah, they're, um, they're really, really fun at the Disney races.
1: Weston, and do you have say, any, yeah, any stories say, about Disney cyclists?
0: So I've had the opportunity to, Like we've talked about, you never know who's going to come to these races. And sometimes apparently no one that is trying to run hard shows up at the 5K because I've had the opportunity to lead and win a couple 5Ks. And maybe they had the B team out. I don't know. They were saving themselves for the half marathon or marathon. But they tried to take me the wrong way into an attraction that I knew there was no way out of this attraction. And so what? when we're going around the World Showcase, the cyclist went into France. And I oh. knew that only Ratatouille goes into France. That's the oh only thing you gosh. could do in there. And so I proceeded to go over the bridge and he had to catch up with me, actually.
1: Wow. So there's this amazingly <laughs> epic picture of Weston, like, like these series of pictures of him. Be like, wait, no, like pointing. Oh, him. my gosh. <laughs> So anyway, I just wanted to kind of give us some chance to, to share that story, but luckily that didn't happen to you. The A team oh, was there.
2: Yeah. And I need to see these photos. Cause that sounds <laughs> like now that it's over, it sounds real funny.
0: <laughs> no, it was, it was fine. And of course I was running like seven minute pace. So it didn't really matter, but
2: but
1: still, yeah. it's, it's, a, you know, it's a good, it's good to share your experience yeah. well. You can't always trust those, those cyclists, I but know. you have, you had good experience. Um, you finished the half. Was it less pressure to be done with? of the races or more pressure to have one 75% and only have one left. I think
2: less pressure. Cause I feel like, um, I feel like it got, once it got to the marathon, it was like, I can only do what I can do today. I'm stoked. Like what an Epic thing. If I just walk away with, you know, quote unquote, just three races, one, which is still absurd. So I was like, I'm really happy with everything I've done so far. I have to just like, there's so much that can happen during a marathon. So I was almost just like, finally, like, okay, I've done like all of the hard work. Now, now is my distance. Now is what I'm used to. Um, now I just have to go run a marathon. Just a marathon. And I, you know, we as
1: announcers get in trouble for saying just a marathon when we, we look at the context of Dopey, but it really is at that point, like I only have one more thing to do, but <laughs> it's a 26.2 mile thing. So you've been very joyful characters. Literally, you've been joy. You've been, you know, a hero. And now when you show up for the full, you kind of take a a darker turn with your wardrobe.
2: Yeah, I was Cruella. And specifically from the Emma Stone version, the new version of Cruella. Which is a
1: fantastic movie, by the way. And the Florence and the Machine version of Cruella is stellar.
2: Uh, Why Cruella? And why that one? Um, I loved... I loved the movie. I just thought it was so creative. I loved the artistic flair of it all. I loved that we fell in love with Cruella's story and like how she came to be. And I, um, one of the words that I wanted for this year was rebel in rebel in not in negative context, in like, a out of the box permission to be, to do and, like do and think differently. Um, so that was kind of the spirit and the energy of this character. And then also there was a strategic component to it. So I knew that I kind of had to figure out how to make my costumes, um, runnable for that long. Like I knew I wanted, I needed something that I had run in that has been tested on a marathon and that I know is going to be comfortable. There's nothing worse than when you've got just a miserable sock choice or, um top or um i had a really unfortunate uh sports bra incident during the stormtrooper 10k or uh, half marathon in 2018 <laughs> um so like uh i wanted something that i knew okay i've run in this before um and it's this white north face dress that i have that i just love i and i love racing in a dress um so there was a factor of that, like, who could I be in this white dress? Um, and then that's where kind of the Cruella piece came to life. And then I just, like, really liked the idea of uh, spray painting my hair for it because I've never spray painted my hair for a race.
1: I think that was my favorite part, you know, maybe of the whole weekend. I liked the wig, but I loved when you came out with the spray painted hair because it was not just like a character and a costume. It was almost like a vibe, like I've come yeah. to finish like this journey, like I'm, I'm raw and I'm ready. Cause in that movie, Cruella it is a villain, but I think the way, and I don't want to spoil too much, you kind of don't necessarily see her as that in that yes. film at the end.
2: Yes. And I wanted to channel her confidence also. Um, that was something that's something I like, and I feel like I'm continuously working on. And so she just like owned it. She owned all of it. And that's just something I wanted, you know, by the end of the race, I want to walk away, like owning, Owning what I've done and just kind of stepping into that. Now, much
1: like the wig, did you practice with the hair spray paint? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> it like, could have gone
2: now that I'm thinking about it, sweat could have made an interesting oh, yeah.
1: final look.
2: Oh, yeah. I honestly I was I had every intention of doing that, but I got COVID the week before Dopey. So I was like not really doing anything the week before. Um, when I was planning to test all my costumes, which I didn't get time to do. So I was like. I'm just going to wing it. And at the end of the day, if it runs all over my face and stuff like that, that's so Cruella. So I was just, she's a, like, she has her moments, but she's just a hot mess. So I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be um, like in character.
0: Yeah. I was going to say it could have been like a mashup, like Phantom of the Opera slash Cruella. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could have sang too. Oh, really
2: cool. I should have saying that was a
1: mistake. Uh, yeah. Forty eight point six miles. You got to finish singing now. Yeah. OK, so just a, <laughs> just a marathon left to go. You're standing there on the start line. At this point, there is buzz around you. There's these annoying announcers telling everybody that you've <laughs> won everything <laughs> and you only have one more to go. Um, but how did you feel at the start of the marathon right before the gun went off or the Mickey Mouse said go? There is there is no gun. Mickey says go.
2: I felt good. I was I was. I felt good. I was tired. I was definitely tired before this, but um I did I felt so good cuz I was also just like in my outfit. Like I was like, "Man, I look amazing." So that was giving <laughs> right. me energy. Um and I was like, "Okay, we've made it um this far." But I mean, I was I was definitely feeling tired that day.
1: All right. Did you know anyone around you? Did you have any idea? I know we know Giovanna Martins who has won the half and the marathon a couple times was there. Did you know anything else?
2: no, I, I knew that she was going to be there. Um, and I had no, I thought she was going to be the only one. I was like, there might be someone else. I had no idea, um, that Megan was racing as well.
1: And Megan is Megan Curran who had won a half marathon, I believe in November out at Disney. Uh, so the fireworks go off, you guys start, you have a race plan, uh, you sticking to that. Where do you end up in the pack? You know, as the race starts
2: um, towards mm, like, but with the three of us, um, I was way, way back. Um, and I hope I'm going to say this because it's hilarious. This is just, um, and also because we're friends. (laughs) Um, when I came, when we looped back around towards, when we came back around by the announcers, you were like, and here's Brittany, she's winning. And then she was like, that's not Brittany. Free Britney. <laughs> like, um, and like, I was laughing in the back because I was like, oh, I'm not winning. Like, I'm not even close. Like well, so but in okay. my defense, I can <laughs>
1: see you. And my director says in my ear, the leader's coming. Here comes Britney. So I say <laughs> it. And then, then I look and I'm like on the microphone, because a lot of, you know, we have two hours of just filling air there. So that's not, that's not Britney. Like, <laughs> and I, I, didn't, I felt bad because I didn't know who it was. And then I'm embarrassed. Um, oh, so gosh, I'm glad you heard no. all that, all that go down.
2: Oh, so um, good. And then I like waved at you as I passed. Cause I was like, I'm right here. <laughs> you're
1: right there. And then I, I did realize you're right there. And then, then, then my question is like, well, then what do I say? Am I like, oh, she's
2: in third. Oh, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm like, this is I'm, like, I'm glad you did it. I didn't, I didn't know I was in third. Um, I'm glad you didn't say that. Cause I thought I was in second. So I passed, um, is it Giovanna? Yes. Giovanna. Um, I passed her around mile nine or 10. And so my cyclist then is there. And I was like, he was like, Oh, you're in second now. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm in first. And he was like, you are not because I'm the, I'm the um, second place cyclist. And I was like, no, I'm in first, I haven't seen another female. And that's because Megan was so far out. Like she was so far ahead. I had no idea she was even in the race. So I, um, glad I didn't know that I was in third that early on. Cause I think I would have felt kind of deflated that early on. Well, good. I'm glad that I didn't bring you that reality check. Did, uh-huh. did you know
1: at that point, how far ahead Megan was and did doubt start to creep in at that point?
2: no idea how far ahead she was like she was not even in like anywhere in sight um and yeah that was when mentally so you know during a marathon or during a hard race or whatever it is you've got that time where you're like those negative thoughts do creep in but usually that's so much later in the race as you're starting to get tired and for me it was like really early on it was like mile 10 or 11 and i was like oh my gosh like i ha- how far ahead how much do i have to chase down all of these things of like, I have to go get her. I have no idea where she is. She's on fresh legs. Um, but that was when I had to just keep reminding myself, this is not why you're doing this. You are not here to have to win this. Like, so back off, like keep doing your plan, you know, and you, and you can't control. Like if I were to start to like go really hit the gas after that I would have blown out. And so I really had to just keep reminding myself like what I was doing, what my goals were, um, I visualized like I was like it's okay like if I don't win I visualized myself coming across the finish line still being happy of like I'm still really proud of myself like I just ran a marathon so I'm still gonna be happy but then it was like those thoughts and then also um, I want this like I I've come all this way I've I've won these series I do want to win this um, but I just have to do it I have to do it my way I have to like run it smart otherwise um, this is a long way to go to like be with these, with these thoughts and not having a good time. Did you ever channel into that villain mindset?
1: Just kind of like narrow your eyes and just like have to grind it out. I can just visualize yeah. you doing that or yes. you're like either your joy or you're, you're really
2: like it was, yeah, it's kind of both. Like, because at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm competitive. Like this is what I do. I, I do enjoy competing. Um, so there is that piece of it, but I think getting to be a joyful competitor, a joyful villain, or like a, um, playful version because I've tried to channel, you know, really fierce, just warriors and all these things. And it doesn't work for me because it's just, it's too much. It's too intense. All right. So your Megan's out there. You don't
1: know how far she is. When did you actually catch up to her and eventually pass her?
2: So I didn't see her until mile 19 didn't pass her until mile 20. Wow. Yeah.
1: And how then after 20, you, you know, you're in the lead. Did you feel like this is it? I've done it or this. Was there still like a little bit of fear there?
2: Um, it wasn't really fear. It was just like, I have work still to do like, this isn't over. Like I've got work to do. And then there's a part where I can't remember what area it's in, but you're it's out, it's past the 20 mile mark and you're in this like random parking lot that you are looping through. Um, and I could see as I was exiting, Giovanna was entering. So I was like, I know she's still racing. Like I know she's still there. I can't put anything past her. I've won races or I've like, yeah, I've won races after like mile 25 and I've also gotten beat at the ends of races. So I know like races aren't over until the end. So I kept pushing, but I told myself, um, like I kept kind of trying to scope out how much lead I had around mile 24. I was like, okay, I've got a good lead if I can get to mile 25 and no one's in sight, I'm going to back off a ton and just like enjoy this last mile and just soak up this last mile. Um, if I know I've got it by that point point. and you had it, I think you
1: finished around two 45, 15, you're coming into the finish. You are going to be the first able-bodied runner to win all four dopey races. The banners there, the confetti goes off. What are you thinking in that moment?
2: Oh, it was so epic. Like, I was just like, I did it. I did it. Like, what an insane thing. Um, like it was just pride, joy, exhaustion, um, and just all of that mixed into just one epic moment.
1: Well, that I mean, what you did was legendary. This is something that will go down in the record books. There's so much that we could talk about, about, about Disney and your experience. And I know we have to be um, careful of time, but I, a couple of things I want to ask you about is the cookies that you got at the end of each race. You had cookies that were themed for each of your costumes. And they were made by somebody very near and dear to your
2: heart. Yeah. Um, Justin, the Jesbind, um, owns a cookie <laughs> company, um, called Sugar Tots cookie company. And he made me custom cookies and we brought them out. Um, th- we traveled with him from Denver. Um, and I was like, could you make me a cookie that matches each of my outfits at the end of, and then I'll like take a picture and eat it at the end of every race. And so he did that for me and they were amazing they were, I, I was lucky
1: enough to get one. It was a run Disney cookie. It was gorgeous. And I can yeah. attest that they are amazing. And the band I like that. Um, <laughs> is very talented and it's a, such a fun way to be able to celebrate because again, unlike an elite athlete, most elite athletes, I would think would not have a cookie at the end of the race or allow themselves. They're just so, you know, focused. And again, you bring that fun to
2: everything that you do. Thanks. It helps me remember like that, like, it doesn't have to be like, crazy all the time. It doesn't have to be super strict and intense all the time. And at least for me, I thrive when it's not. So I think
1: it's amazing that you as an elite came to run Disney because I Jeff has been with run Disney since the very first year. Weston's been in it his whole life. We've watched it evolve. And what I love about run Disney is how inclusive it is, is how people get to come and take their their joy and their love for Disney. And then achieved something that for a lot of people they didn't think was possible and i have um i was looking on in, on social media on the red disney page and there was a gentleman who was talking about how he always felt like he didn't fit in he was an imposter you know he was non-binary and he didn't understand where he fit in and then he came to disney and he felt like he could fit in and it was a place that he could shine and you've talked about imposter syndrome as an elite athlete sometimes feeling like am I good enough? So what did you kind of take in this experience and what can you say to people who feel like even if they're a 20 minute miler, they're, they're not, they don't fit in. They're not worthy. How do you encourage somebody like that? I
2: guess. Yeah, that's a great question. And something I've definitely struggled with and still kind of struggle sometimes of like, gosh, like I, I don't fit in a lot of times in the racing scene, I don't feel like I fit in. Um, and it's, just showing up for what is important to you and how how it makes you feel um, has been so important. And, and what I've found every single time I step into, you know, what I actually want to do or what I actually want to wear, who I actually want to be or what races I actually want to do, I get in a more support and more people who relate than if I'm just trying to fit in um, or if I'm just trying to do things how everyone else does. And it's not to say like you have to go out and intentionally like overly be different. Like it's not saying that you need to be flamboyantly different just to make a make a statement unless that really genuinely authentically brings you joy and makes you happy. Then it's like, yeah. But I think with, with Disney races, especially like it is so inclusive. It's it's for everybody. And I hope that this experience has shown like it can be for elites too. And it's helped with my imposter syndrome of thinking, you know, my times are the only thing that matter when it's like, if people looked at my times that I ran for all of these races, they're not that fast for an elite level. And so I was a little bit worried about that. Like, are people going to think that, um, are they going to say like, well, she didn't even run that fast, but it doesn't matter because it's like, the like the more things that are important are the whole experience and you as a whole person and what's making you feel happy and included and um, enjoying everything. So I think it's just kind of as scary as it is, just trusting yourself, of trusting yourself, owning it, and knowing that somebody out there is going to have your back.
1: And definitely, I know at Disney, you know, I've seen the encouragement that goes on with the runners; everybody supporting each other, and I love that. Um, the next question I kind of want to ask you is something that happened to you in Boston that a lot of Disney runners fear. There are the balloon ladies. Do you know about the balloon ladies, Brittany?
2: You know about the balloon ladies.
1: <laughs> okay. So that people are very afraid of the balloon ladies. And then there's the sag bus that you have to get on if you don't make the time. And I know for people, you know, that happens even their best of training. They they don't make it the whole race. And so you're an elite runner and it, Boston, you, you stopped at mile 18. So I guess kind of ex- to somebody that's afraid of that happening to them what did that feel like to you and how did you have the courage to try again? I guess.
2: Yeah. Good question. I've never not finished a race before. Um, I've never had to be taken off of the course, um, or anything like that in the moment. So I'm in the elite section of the race. Things are falling apart from mile 15 to 18. I was like walk jogging from aid station to aid station, sobbing my brains out on this, like, like throwing the world's biggest pity party for myself on the side of the road, like on the side of the course with all of the spectators, the pace car with the cameras are there, this whole thing. Um, and it was humiliating. So I get it. Like it sucked. It sucked in the moment. Um, and I, but I had what I had, um, created in my head that I won't do again. And that I hope people, um, I hope the same experience can come from, come from mine for them is in my head in that moment, I was like building it up to this movie that was like, and like this movie about my finish and how I didn't finish and like, what a failure I am. And I was like imagining the headlines that were going to be like Brittany Charbonneau can't even finish Boston. Um, like, is she actually an elite runner? Um, who does she think she is? She's still just a trail runner. Um, all of these stupid, um, headlines that I was narrating in my head at the time. And at the end of the day, I got more people that reached out and texted asking how I was, if I was okay. And never once did I ever hear anything negative from it because it was like, well, I started the race. Like it doesn't matter. And like there were circumstances out of my control. And if I had finished Boston I never would have had a reason to run dopey. I never would have done what I did at dopey. So I think just trusting, like, even if you get swept by the balloon ladies and get sagged, you, there's still going to be something beautiful that comes from it. You just got to give it some time. Like what will be your dopey moment? Maybe it's like, that gives you that motivation of like, I'm going to put a little bit more effort into training this next time, or like, I'm going to get back there or something like that, um, that you can reflect on and adjust. Um, but let, and let yourself throw yourself a pity party and feel terrible for a while too. That's okay as well.
1: <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I just, I know people are scared of that and they, they're afraid, you know, it's okay to fail. Just keep trying again, learn yeah. something from it and, and keep going on. Now you talked about being just a trail runner. You are, I think right now getting ready for a trail run.
2: Yeah. I'm in Moab right now. I'm racing a 55 K tomorrow. Um, so here I am back on the trails. Cause I genuinely, I love it. Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is like, uh, I can still be fast on trail and it brings me a lot of joy. I love the trail running. What is your, your theme
1: for this trail run?
2: (laughs) Okay. I am. Um, so the race is called red hot 55 K and I, on my run, so I pick up pennies on my runs. Most people know that about me, but I also find an absurd amount of Taco Bell hot sauce packets. And so, but if you ever pick up a Taco Bell hot sauce packet, it has a really either funny or inspirational saying on it. So my race is my race plan is themed around these Taco Bell hot sauce packets. Cause I just think it's hilarious. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm wearing like all pink um like which is our north face gear um but i'm going to be pinning talk Bell hot sauce packets to my race pack um <laughs> and i'm going to have um i have a whole like hot and fire hot spicy um playlist that i will be playing throughout the race as well
1: wow now are these hot sauce packets like, are they full or they've been emptied
2: well, I got them full. So I went to Taco Bell this week to get inspiration. Um, and I'm going to empty the packets, pin them on. And then also, um, so just wait for my hair during this race, because, um, during the Olympics, there's figure skating is killing it in the hair department. So I'm going to be, um, doing my hair, like one of the figure skaters, um, and have different, um, I'm not going to spray paint it, unfortunately this time, but there's, um, a double pub, double bubble pony in action as well is
1: this from an ice
2: dancer? Yes. Um, okay. I can't remember I her name, but she's, she's like amazing. And her hair was on point. I uh, guess. Do you remember that, babe? No, no,
0: but <laughs> do, are you going to ingest any hot sauce during your race?
2: No, absolutely not. Um, it does have I,
1: 45 milligrams of sodium.
2: Oh, Oh, that's, Just, um, I think I'll use Tailwind for my sodium. Okay. All right. Um, only cause I'm not, uh, there's nothing no, new on race day. Nothing new on race day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might be. I, I mean, just were... to play into the mantra, I thought it might be good. Carissa, as a dietitian, researched it, but maybe Tailwind is a better option.
1: I think. I think um, from a heartburn point of view, a GERD point of view, you, hot sauce. Did might you know
2: not... that off the top of your head, Carissa? Or did you? Literally... Of course. No, I googled it. <laughs> oh, I was like what you were amazing. Like that's
1: really random knowledge. Well, I knew there had to be some sodium in it. So I wanted to see how much there was, but people do, uh, Barb Galloway takes mustard packets and has a little bit of mustard during races.
2: Oh, sometimes. that sounds horrible. Oh my gosh.
0: Have you reached out to talk about, about a potential sponsorship?
2: Um, no, I'm going to let the like results. Like, I think, I think I'll have more of a case when I'm like, Hey, I did really well in this race. And it was all themed around that. Like, let's, collaborate i think yeah. like that'll be a good strategy That's
1: well amazing. we can have jeff chime in on this later but jeff does enjoy a taco bell bean burrito that,
0: that was probably for about 10 years straight that was about the only fast food he ate was it's, and a lot of the green like mole sauce or whatever.
2: yes oh it's so good they also have a vegetarian menu now and so i got the spicy potato taco which i cannot recommend enough it's so good Carbs on carbs. Yes. There you go. That's what that's that's what you need.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, good luck in that race. I'm excited you are getting back to the trails. And then do you have a goal of another Disney race in your future?
2: I'd love to get back to Disney. Um, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know. I feel like I've like done what I wanted to do there. Um, but I definitely want to come back. Maybe it's like pacing a group of runners, or maybe it's like Jeff does like being out on the course or I don't know what that looks like, but a hundred percent I'll be back um and I don't know. I mean, I still have an Olympic trials qualifier to get, so maybe I just show up for the marathon. I don't know
1: yeah you can you can do it. it's people went fast there, yes yeah, so uh, would you do
2: dopey again? no in your life um i I would never say never, but probably not. I think like it was just such a like that that you can't top that experience, and I would just I just want to leave that. As it is. So I don't think I would ever do dopey, but I oh I never say never.
1: Someone who's listening and has maybe achieved lots of things in their running life, has thought about doing Dopey, sell me on why someone should do Dopey.
2: Um, because you get four days at Disney, you get four opportunities for costume, um, you get four, you get to go through all the parks, um, you get six medals and six shirts. Um, And you get to do something that a lot of people do do, but don't do like, there's a lot of people that don't, don't do dopey, but there's actually a lot of people that do it. So you're kind of part of this special, special group of people that do big things.
1: Yeah, it was pretty exciting seeing all the people after the race at Disney that walk around wearing their medals, and you know of all kinds of people that complete dopey. You know, a lot of people do dopey as their first marathon
2: ever. I know, I could not believe that. That... As a coach, do you recommend that? Um, no, but like I I support (laughs) more power to you. Oh yeah, no, honestly, I I could not believe the amount of people that did that. That takes guts.
0: I was going to say earlier that you were envisioning some maybe other elites thinking your times weren't so stellar at during Dopey. Um, but I would say to that, then you should challenge them to go and do it themselves.
2: I agree. I did have to tell <laughs> myself that. Um, so Teddy Roosevelt has um, an amazing quote, which obviously uh, Brene Brown uses for her book, Daring Greatly. But it's basically says something like, if you're not in the arena, you don't get to say, like, if you're not doing it, you don't get to say it. So I kept telling myself that. And at the end of the day, no one said that. but it was my negative thoughts of this. Again, those headlines that I was imagining. So that's just my way of shutting them down. Um, and yeah, I'll challenge, but if anybody does come out of the woodwork and say that I'll challenge them.
0: Well, and I think it's funny because I think uh, some elites would like the, uh, not the opportunity, but like to have the mindset that they could go and do this, but they don't like, they Mm -hmm. just, they're so focused on other things and, probably joy does not play into it so much.
2: <laughs> yeah, And I mean, you don't get paid for this. Like
0: True. you got to
2: want it. You got to want to show up and, you know, use a marathon, use that training, um, because you want to, cause like, you don't, you're not getting paid for it, like a world major or something like that too, which I do know, you know, is a factor for elites. but, um, yeah, well, as a part of the Run Disney family,
1: I could say it was an honor to have you there. It was it was fun and I think you brought a lot of inspiration to people. Now, with the marathon, people say that it's a 20-mile training run with the 10K. So with that in mind, we're gonna go to our 10K quick fire for you. Are you ready? Yes. yes. All right, Wes and I are gonna alternate questions. Do You wanna go first, babe, or you want me
2: to go sure, first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay.
0: How many cookies do you eat each day?
2: <laughs> each day. Um zero total per week, one to two
0: total. Does it help that they're essentially the same cookies that he's making? So you don't have to like try a ton of them.
2: That's, that's why that's the only way I have self-control. Um, the problem is, and then I know this is a rapid fire, but the problem is Justin makes them at night. He always makes extras just in case like one breaks or he messes up the art on it or something like that. So there's always cookies around and they are the best in the morning with coffee.
1: Mm. now that's that's all like, i'm gonna think about tomorrow morning and i'm not gonna have <laughs> Darn it, i gotta go to denver i gotta go to moab to get cookies do you have wait this is not a quick fire question is there a taco bell hot sauce cookie waiting for you
2: oh no i should have i should have thought of that um i'll oh, i
0: put some hot sauce in there too oh, oh my
2: gosh goodness. well he's at home he didn't come with me so i could i could put in a request for when i arrive home i think that that's a good idea
1: all right that was a walk break now yeah. we're back to
2: our final 10k (laughs) Disney photo moment
1: yeah that was it beeper went off did our
2: Galloway walk break what is your favorite Disney ride um uh oh the Avatar one that we did
1: that's a good one I think that's maybe my no one cares it's not my podcast but second
2: favorite (laughs) okay hang on now I have to know what's your first I think I really like Slinky Dog I just like the outside of it the vibe
1: Yeah,
2: it's but I like the Toy Story Mania game. I like
1: it because it's different every time. I don't know, yeah. but those That's might be definitely.
2: That's true. I do like really
1: those. Weston, do you want to chime Rock in on your favorite coaster. ride, Rock
2: and Roller Coaster? Yeah. Yeah. Oh Just yeah, that one was thrill. great. That one was great.
0: I'm hoping for Guardians. Guardians it might, of the Galaxy hopefully it can yeah. take over, get some little new newness in there.
3: All right, the, All right back to it. Back to, back to it. it. <laughs> uh,
0: were you really in a commercial with Peyton Manning? Um,
2: yes, it was a um, it was an internal training video for Otterbox when Peyton was um, Peyton was their endorsed athlete or some kind of collaboration with them. And that was when I had quit my job um, and they hired me back as an actor um, and got to work with Peyton.
1: That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. You have a really cool reel um, about all the fun things you've done on your Instagram you posted recently. So I was blown away by a lot of it. So people need to go check that (laughs) one out. All right. When you're old and on your front porch in your rocker, what memory will you go back to more qualifying for the Olympic trials or winning the marathon to complete the Dopey challenge? Dopey easy. It's okay uh, you don't have to say Dopey because we're
2: all about run Disney. Oh no, that's genuine. I mean, trials was epic, but Dopey was next level. That was like my world's coming together.
0: I'm glad I mean this is a a moment of time because then in you know four years we'll go back to this and like winning the Olympic gold medal is gonna be obviously a little bit probably above the dopey challenge. But
2: we'll accept that costume and with like a killer bubble pony as well. Yeah, that'll be I'm gonna manifest that dream and singing at the finish line, singing the national anthem with the gold medal in costume and then eating. Well, I think, well, so the Olympics
1: are in France. So that gives you a lot of Disney real estate to play with of Uh characters from France. You're right. You're right. That's a great idea. Bells in there, Ratatouilles in there. So I don't, I mean, you can start thinking about it now. I think sleeping beauty is actually, is she, I, she resides in France in Epcot. That's where they put her. So I believe there's a connection. I'm just going to throw, but I don't know, but maybe, maybe some French in your training. Oh, I love that.
2: Okay. 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 Um,
1: you do the, this is your question.
0: Yeah. Uh, so is the U S mint going to seize your house to fulfill the urgent need for coins in our economy? <laughs> this is
2: this is a genuine fear that I have, um, because I'm so public about how much change I find and I hoard it. Um, I have in, I have in various rooms throughout the house, jars, treasure chests, um, different, uh, containers full of change because I like, can't bear to part with it yet. And I, um, so I, and I don't know what to do with all the change I find on my run. So I keep it. I even hid one, um, last week, Justin hasn't found it yet. I was like, I had a full vase of change from, um, 2021 that I was like, I don't know where to put this. Like, I don't really need it out, but like, I don't have to put it. So I put it in our guest bathroom, um, like, um, drawer or like cabinet. Like for some reason, I was like, this is a good spot for this. Um, So I, but I'm genuinely worried that someone's going to turn me into the mint for um, hoarding all of this change when there's a shortage. But That's not not a real, I know there's a change shortage, but you can't like turn somebody in, can you? I hope so. I hope not. Like, but it's scary. I have
0: just ordered you on Amazon, a coin wrapping uh, device that will be sent to your house and you can take it to the bank and turn in your money. I don't
2: think she wants the money. She wants the coins.
0: Do you want the coins or do you want the money?
2: I like the coins because I, I sorted all of them in 2020 during the pandemic. Um, I sorted, it took me like 16 hours to sort all my change. Um, so I feel like I like it in just in case there's another pandemic and I need to sort it for 16 more hours.
1: What about like a decoupage of like a coffee table where like underneath it you like make like a track with like dimes and then everything else is pennies?
2: Oh, I like, like that.
1: A, I mean, know. there's just a lot of other That's what I think. Poor resin, yeah.
2: yeah okay, I've canceled ones.
0: the coin wrapping thing from Amazon. Okay. And you're
2: sending resin. And I'm to sending start resin decoupaging. and
0: a coffee table. <laughs> Mold. I'll
2: Got it. it. I'll Done. make a costume one day out of all pennies. It'll be the heaviest. Oh, that, would that would be very heavy. <laughs> that would be heavy. All
1: right. Last rapid fire of the worst <laughs> rapid firing of questions <laughs> ever. Um, you can be in one
2: Broadway musical. Who are you? Oh God. Um, that is the hardest question in the whole world. Um probably, I mean, Elsa in Frozen would be epic. Um so I'd probably say that no, absolutely not. I take it back. I would be, I would be one of the Skylar sisters in Hamilton.
1: Yes, that's if what I, I was hoping
2: you were saying. If say. I couldn't be Aaron Burr or Hamilton, I would be one of the Skylar sisters. Because but record. let's just be honest, you don't want to be Peggy. Nobody wants to be Peggy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so by saying one of the Skylar sisters, you just mean anybody but Peggy. Specifically,
2: yeah, specifically mean Angelica or Eliza.
0: What if they came out with Frozen Two the musical?
2: Honestly, I would I would quit running and go full time into auditioning for that, um, and like that would be my new dream.
1: You might have to change your Instagram handle though to
2: funny yeah, Broadway to the, runner <laughs> to the the funny not runner anymore because she went into Broadway.
0: Is SNL still on the table, or is that
2: yes a little bit in the sense of um, I decided that. I'm going to do like, uh, my bro Peyton and I'm going to just like, what if I just become a big enough athlete that they'll want me as a host? I feel like a host would be a better, I'll be the host and, um, artist, the singer for the show. So wow. I, mean, I don't yeah. even
1: know who else has done that. There are some people that have been the host oh, and the singer JT Bruno,
0: maybe. Yeah. JT. JT. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: That's, that's big. That's big. That's a good, that's a good dream. After the Olympics, wait till after the Olympics that yeah. work on that. I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Brittany, this has been so much fun. Um, for everyone listening, thank you for indulging us as we totally stopped talking about running at the end. But as you can tell, Brittany is just such a fun energetic human that we're so excited to be able to share this space with her. We do hope to see you back at a Disney event, whether it's as a mentor, as a costume designer, or as an athlete or yeah. pacing Justin also an option, oh, yeah. your That's husband. True. Um, but do you have any final words for our Jeff Galloway? You can do it listeners who might be training for a Disney race.
2: You literally can do it, like, and do it your way. Have fun. Add sparkles. Add color. Um, Just like, don't be afraid because it's all so worth it. And thank you for having me on. This has been so fun because I miss you guys, and I'm selfishly just happy we got to hang out for this long. Well, come on down
1: and run anytime. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, your 2022 Disney Marathon Weekend Dopey Champion, Brittany Charbonneau. Thanks, Britt. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
3: Do it.